Hey, I, I just want to share with you a message. You know, wondering, how has your passion been during COVID-19? You know, um, uh, maybe you started off with all the complications of COVID-19 and uh, uh, you had a faith in God, a strong faith in God, but then you suddenly saw all of these um, um, you know, news reports saying, oh, this is going to happen and that is happening and other countries are, are, are going berserk like we're even hearing now. And I wonder what your spiritual passion has been like. Maybe some of you at one point were saying, hey, I was really close to God. I had a sense of God's voice. He was speaking to me when I read God's word. You know, he was speaking directly into my life. But somewhere along the way, you feel you like you've lost a little bit of your passion over these days. The spiritual passion, or the, the spiritual enthusiasm and the spiritual intimacy is not as strong as it was before. Now you find yourself a little bit less enthusiastic about the things of God today than you once were. Before I go on any further, can I welcome York and Shanine? Where's Shanine? Both of you are there. Hey, warm welcome to both of them really quickly. Love to see them and great to have them back. All right. So then uh, this message is for you because I understand you know, at, at times in our lives, we've got to stir our passion. And I'll tell you how to do that. But I remember coming to this church. I was a young boy growing up in this church. And then at the age of 16, I made a decision to be a follower of Jesus. And you know what? Things changed overnight for me. Now, I've got to tell you, I grew up in the church. And I had given my heart to Jesus many times over in Sunday school. But I remember the 16th uh, birthday or the 16th year was the watershed decision in my life that changed my life completely. I told my friends about Jesus. I couldn't stop. I kept telling everybody. And my friends thought I'm crazy. And uh, they used to even shout out from the balcony at school saying, Oh, Holy Joe. And then uh, uh, they used to laugh at me saying, Hey, you're probably going to see the girls in church. But you know what? They began to take note of my life and the change in my life. I want to tell you one example, just one. There are many, but I'll just take one. Remember, you know, I had a, a group of about 10 close friends in school and we used to all hang out together. And uh, when we hung out together, they noticed that, after, that I didn't use bad language uh, anymore. Now, I did before because I want to be in, in the in-group. But then I stopped using bad language and... Uh, they were amazed, but they thought, hey, let's try a game where if, you, if anyone uses a bad word, somebody else got a chance to punch them really hard. Have you ever got a punch where the knuckles come like that and knock you right there? The guys will know what I'm talking about. And it really hurts. And so the way you won't get hit is this. You have to count to 10. One of the first in and 10. And, and, and people used to count it so fast, hoping that they won't get a good punch in their arms, not on the face or anything, just in the arms. And, you know, uh, finally, the game stopped. You know why? Because Roger doesn't get caught anymore. I mean, he doesn't get punched. He doesn't, you know, speak any bad language. And you know what? I had an advantage. You know why? The change that came to me came from the inside, from, from the Lord Jesus Christ. They didn't. They were trying to bring it from the environment. And that's not where change comes from. Then I have to tell you, I was so spiritually enthusiastic, but I was low in wisdom. You know what I would do? I'd be so excited to tell everybody about the love that I have for Jesus. That you know what I said? Hey, are you saved? Are you saved? That's a question you don't want to ask anymore these days. Because they're going to ask you, saved from what? 
They won't understand it at all. But you know what? I just wanted to tell everybody about the changed life that I had in Jesus Christ. Then I was called to be a pastor and I got plugged in, you know, in, in, in serving the Lord right here. I mean, I used to get involved in everything. Believe me, I, uh, I served anywhere and everywhere and it was a wonderful time. My dad said, why don't you take your bed to church? And then my dad said, well, why don't you ask the church to feed you as well? Because I was more in the church than anything. And you know what? We guys, as young guys, I want all the young guys to hear this. You know what we used to do? We used to gather together and pray. And we used to pray for hours. And we used to just stir each other to prayer. And I remember, then we'll take a break and we'll go to more medias to have some hoppers. Uh, those days, I don't think there was kotroti, but the hoppers and then we'll come back here. And sometimes we would fast and pray and we will, you know, stir each other up. And then I remember being an usher under Pastor Lloyd Pereira as he calls for the ushers. I'll jump up and come forward. And then uh, I remember we didn't have money to have a custodian in our church at that time. And sometimes the church floors need to be polished. It was red polish with those brushes that you had to brush really hard. It doesn't come very shiny very soon. It takes a long time. But all those things were done. Song leading, we used to call it song leading, not worship leading as it is today. And then <clears throat> I was also a Sunday school teacher. But I don't know when and how it happened. But somewhere along the way, the spiritual passion began to wane. The spiritual enthusiasm began to wane. And if you've lost some of your passion for the one who saved you, this message is for you. Rebuilding passion. Rebuilding passion. Now, Today, I want to focus on the quality of enthusiasm. Have you noticed that there are two types of people in the world today? Those who let their circumstances influence their enthusiasm and those who let their enthusiasm influence their circumstances. What type of a person are you? You know, do you let your circumstances influence your enthusiasm or do you let your enthusiasm influence your circumstances? There are two types of people in the world today. Those who what's going on around them determine their mood. And, you know, if things are not going well around them, well, they have a bad mood and they're really upset over everything that's going on in their world. Or those who let what goes on inside them influence the climate and the atmosphere that goes on around them. Now, enthusiasm is one of my favorite positive Themes. It really is uh, because enthusiasm is made up of two Greek words. The words are en and theos. In other words, in theology or in God or filled with God. In fact, we as Christians should be enthused. We should be enthusiastic, excited about the God that has saved us and given us a new life and given us a second chance. And enthusiasm is not something that you work up. It's not something that you can manufacture or stir up. It is not found in the environment around us, but it is a posture. It's a positioning in the presence of God. As you spend time with God, as you spend time in the presence of God and in the power of God, that is where enthusiasm for God is born. Uh, Norman Vincent Peale, you know, said it like this. Years wrinkle the skin, but lack of enthusiasm wrinkles the soul. Did you hear that? 
You know, is there a wrinkling in your soul? Is there a lack of enthusiasm in your soul? I love what the Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, verses 57 to 58. But thank God, he said, but thank God. You know, would you type that in the chat? Those of you watching online, would you type it in the chat? You know, thank God, but thank God that he gives us victory over sin and over death. Are you enthused about that? I'm sure you were more enthused about it when you first came to know the Lord than you are even now. But I'll tell you something, we need to be enthused. But thank God he gives us because of what God has given us. We can be strong. We can be immovable, always uh, working enthusiastically for the Lord. For you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. Working enthusiastically for the Lord because you know it's not in vain. Here's what I love about this thought, right? It's not what you do that makes it meaningful. It's who you do it for that makes it meaningful. Now, I want to share an example with you. When you wake up in the morning, do you arrange your bed? Uh, I don't want a show of hands because it might be a bit embarrassing. Some of you, maybe you don't, um, you know, make your bed up. Uh, now, uh, I fall into the category of sometimes I can, you know, be a slob at home. And I, I can see my wife nodding. nodding. <laughs> and, but she helps me and keeps me on course now. But you know what? Uh, usually people wake up and when they wake up, they make their bed. But some people don't, right? And the argument is, well, I'm getting back into it. So what's the use of making it up again? You, you know what I mean? But I, I, I think it's better that we go, the 50% that are saying, hey, I don't want to make a bed. Would you cross over to the other side? I think your wives will love you much more. Now, if I had my way, our apartment will become a bachelor pad. I'm serious. And now something changed. Not something, someone changed. And I have really changed because you know why? Because Thiri said she loves it when I arrange the bed. And I'll tell you something. Hey, guess what? You've got to come and see the bed that I make now. It is amazing. I'd love for you to come and see it one day. You drop in and say, hey, pastor, came to see your bed, not you, your bed. And, and, and you know what? There are no creases. There, it's really done well. And, and the pillows, oh my goodness, there are so many pillows on the bed because I'm a, uh, not a pillologist. Pillologist is popping pills. A pillowologist. I'm a pillowologist. I love having a lot of pillows. But, you know, oftentimes I can hear my wife saying, darling, it's like a hotel bed. And, I, and she really means that. She says, lovely. Thank you for making the bed. And you know what? When she says that there's so much enthusiasm in the room, for me, I get even more enthused. I feel like making another 10 beds. You know, when you're doing whatever you do for a person, and this is where it is. If you're doing something for the Lord, it makes all the difference. It can transform something that is mundane into something that is so meaningful. Have you heard of the happiest man on earth? Anybody? You know, there's, uh, go to YouTube and type in happiest man on earth. You know, he's a security guard that uh, stands outside Moni's bakery. Have you heard of this guy? I, I would have loved to have had a clip at this point, but there's no, no time because of, of the, sh uh, sh uh, well, the cutting down of the sermon. But I want to tell you, there's a security guard that is outside Moni's Bakery going down Gold Road all the way down south. And here's a guy. I mean, a guy that is suddenly doing numbers like this. He'll do this. He'll do this. He'll call this car, say, hey, come, come, 
come. He's, he's, he's welcoming everybody. I took my staff and I said, hey, learn something from this guy. This guy is enthusiastic. And he really is. And you know, he, he, he doesn't gain anything in doing that. In fact, I'm sure he's been discouraged by so many people in that very village, probably saying this guy is off his head. You know, but he's so enthusiastic. I think he has brought a lot of business for Monis. But uh, yeah, anyway, I heard recently of another lady, a lady who works in a, a, a little shop in an airport. And would you believe whoever passes by, she has a beautiful voice. You know what she does? She sings. She sings and she sings to all, all the people that are passing by. And uh, she sings and when, she, when people are, hey, hey there, young man. In the black shirt, you're looking good today. And, and, and she's doing it with, you know, respect and honor and, and speaking to the person. And, you know, people are amazed. Like, I've never heard people sing like this. What's, 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 what's going on? You know, and then she said, hey, you have a wonderful day. It's a beautiful morning. And, you know, she keeps singing and makes the whole place different. A mundane situation becomes so meaningful. And then someone asked her, why do you do this? She said, you know, you know, people are so bored. They're traveling and traveling, you know, it's so hard. And I want to bring some joy into their lives. And then the person pursued, waited there and said, why do you really do it? Why do you really do it? And... Uh, and uh, she said, do you really want to know? Do you really want to know? And then you know what she said? He has a name. His name is Jesus. And you know, that's her reason. She says, hey, I want to make things, you know, different for people. I'm not going to tell everybody why I do it from the deepest part, but I do it because there's something wonderful going on in my heart. Who does that? Someone who's been transformed. Someone who's been changed. And I pray that our lives will be so different. You know, we as Christians, that we can carry this wonderful message of the gospel. We should be the most enthusiastic people in all the world. But we should be saying, but thanks be to God who delivers us from sin and death. Whatever you do, do it enthusiastically for the Lord. And whatever you, you do will not be done in vain. I'd like you to look at the words living with spiritual passion. Living with spiritual passion. I want to show you a person from the Old Testament. His name is David. And David was a shepherd boy that became a king. And if you know the story of David and Goliath, the two armies, the Philistine army and the Israelite army, squaring off together. And they came up with this idea that we'll put a champion and you put a champion. And then... Those two will go off at each other and whoever wins the battle, well, wins the war. And so, would you believe the Philistines had a huge giant that they put forward. And the huge giant was there and the Israelites didn't have anybody. Until a little kid that was 17 years old, you know, a shepherd boy who was bringing some lunch for his brothers who were in the army. He looked in enthusiasm. I want you to notice his spirit enthusiasm his confidence in God as he faced the giant in first Samuel chapter 17 verse 45 he says 
David said to the Philistine, you come against me with the sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel. You know, talk about entheos. Talk about enthusiasm. This is not a human confidence. This is raw enthusiasm, godly enthusiasm. The question is, where did he get that? You know, spiritual enthusiasm come from, you know, when there was a whole army of warriors that never stood up to that giant. What made him have this? Where did he get it? Where did he get this burning passion? Where did he get an indwelling spiritual enthusiasm? Where do you get it? When you're a lady singing in an airport shop, where do you get it? Or a kid walking into the battle of his life, where did he get it? In the presence of Almighty God. I look at the Psalms. David has written so many Psalms. And this Psalm 8, I love reading it. I honestly love it. One of my favorite Psalms. He says, what is man that you are mindful of him? You know, <coughs> David is sharing what is going on in his heart. And he says, you know, we serve a God who loves us with an everlasting love. He's concerned about your situation in COVID-19 time. If you have lost your job, you're finding life difficult. He's concerned for you. Whatever situation you're going through right today, he's concerned for you. If you go to the doctors and you get a bad report, he is concerned for you. He is loving you and his enthusiasm, David's enthusiasm was born in the presence of God on a daily basis. On the hills of Jerusalem, he would have been talking to God. He would have been having a, a relationship going back and forth as he spent time daily with the Lord. And because he walked with God daily, when a bear came to attack the sheep, he rose up in the strength of God and he was able to, to, to defeat the bear. And his daily times with God got him ready for the future battles that were ahead for him. Why? Because he enjoyed God's presence daily as he walked with God. See, that's where enthusiasm comes from. In his presence, in his presence, he was the one who said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. And then he goes on to this other section. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. In other words, whatever difficulties I go through, good, bad, ugly, his presence is with me. I will still be enthusiastic even in the tough situations of life. I won't quote the rest of that because of time. But these are words of a man in Psalm 23 who has found his enthusiasm in God. He had a daily walk with God. And when the Ark of the Covenant came into his hometown, mind you, David went out not fully dressed. He was doing a worship party and his wife was embarrassed with the way he was behaving. And the wife actually made fun of him. But you know what? David couldn't even contain himself. Where did he get this enthusiasm from? Not from watching a sermon online. Hello? Not from even a church service like this. It's true. Thank God for his presence here. He said, wherever two or three are gathered, I'm there. But you know what? It was a daily abiding in the presence of God that brings enthusiasm into our lives. And then losing spiritual passion. Losing spiritual passion. Hebrews 2.1 says, we must pay the most careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard so that we do not drift away. It's easy to drift away. Do you see that boat there just drifted away? A bird is uh, just uh, lighting on it. 
And you know, there were two seasons in David's life. He had it and he lost it. Mind you, if you fast forward in his life, there's a famous, and in 2 Samuel chapter 11, verse 1, it says, when kings go off to war, and it talks about David should have been, he was a king, he should have been at war, but he didn't. He was in the wrong place at the wrong time. And when he wasn't supposed to be uh, in, in his palace, he walked out on his palace and he saw a woman taking a shower. And that, that led from one thing to adultery. And it all started when he stopped spending time with God. Look at his early life. You know, as a kid, he ran with enthusiasm to serve his God. But then as a king, he walked with apathy to serve his comforts. And how did a man who had so much spiritual enthusiasm as a kid, you know, lose it? King, the answer is he took his eyes off his calling and he turned it to the comforts of, uh, of, the, of the world. My question to you today is, where are you? Where are you? Are you full of entheos? You know, full of enthusiasm for the things of God? Whatever you do, it's not meaningless because it's not about the what. It's about the who you are serving. It's the Lord that we are serving. Or do you find yourself spiritually comfortable, maybe more complacent? You know, things don't, you know, phase you out. You're just a, a normal, you know, status quo Christian. Are you or are you charging into battle knowing that the Lord, your God is with you? He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. You've got a divine calling today and you're living it and you're living it daily. Or have you drifted? into more spiritual complacency. See, most of us have fallen into one of two extremes, maybe during the COVID season. And the positive extreme is those of you who have been spending quality time with the Lord. No matter what happens, that never changes in your life. I mean, it's like a compass. You keep coming back to it. The word of God is so central in your life. Spending time and talking to him is so central for you. Nothing will change. You are that extreme. You are strong in the Lord, no matter what happens. But... There's another extreme just based on human nature. And what I know about people, see, no one drifts into discipline. You don't drift towards getting help. You don't drift towards good decisions. You know what? You usually drift towards complacency. You usually drift towards apathy. You usually drift towards self-centered attitudes in your life. And at the beginning of COVID-19, maybe you enthusiastically call the whole family and you said, hey, we're having online services. Let's follow it very carefully. It's wonderful. The church is doing it. Let's get around and watch on our television or on our uh, laptop or on our phone. And you were watching it. And then suddenly lockdown was over and you were able to go about it and you thought, hey, nice day. Let's go here and there. And we'll, we'll watch the, the online service later. And then you never got down to it. Or are there things in your life where you've you know, gone down to some habits, drifted in some habits, drifted away from the good disciplines in your life of spending time with the Lord on a daily basis. And instead of being filled with the presence of God, you were filled with fear and doubt and a loss of joy and what once was a vibrant passionate calling from God has been replaced by comfort where do you stand are you filled with spiritual enthusiasm or are you filled with comfort and complacency you know Jack Ma he was the uh, one of the most successful entrepreneurs and he's the one who heads uh, or the owner of Alibaba group and you know what a, a reporter asked him 
what is your greatest regret in life? And you know what he said? When I didn't spend much time with my family, my wife said to me, you didn't marry me. You married Alibaba. You know, he had, he, had, he had neglected his family altogether. And you know what? We as Christians, I pray that we will not have a regret where we should never, you know, take for granted the presence of God and that we should neglect, not neglect coming into his awesome and wonderful presence. And that is what we need to do. Say, God, I want my passion back today. David had it and then he lost it. Nathan the prophet came and confronted him over his sinfulness and David realized how far he had fallen. Thank God David was willing to repent. And you know, he cried out to God in Psalm 51 verses 10 and 12. And he said, uh, create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. In other words, restore to me the joy of your salvation. What do you do when you have lost something? What you need to do is to refill your life, to renew your life, to restore your life. Someone said this. Someone said, if you want to die spiritually, do not read the Bible. But if you want to be spiritually nourished, you need to sit at the feet of Jesus and ask him to expound his word to you. You know what? That is one of the most motivating books in the world. It has motivated me time and time and time again. You go back to doing what you did before. Just like Jesus told the believers in, in the book of Ephesus, um, sorry, in the, in the town of Ephesus, Revelations 2, 4 and 5 says it this way. This is your problem. You have lost your first love. Go back to doing what you did at first. The love that you had at first, you walked away from it. You've let it go. You've surrendered it. And so what we need to do is to come back to what we have forsaken. You didn't lose it. You left it. You've forsaken the love that you had at first. And Jesus was saying, repent and change and change direction. In other words, change the way you think and do the things that you did at first. In other words, walk in his presence daily, not out of a sense of duty, but out of a sense of delight. I remember a couple that was married in our church. And you know what? They said, oh, we were so much in love. We started walking from Wellabata all the way to Golface. And then we turned from there and came back and we didn't feel, I mean, any, any pain or, or any uh, muscles, uh, you know, giving way. They said, hey, it was pure love. We just loved each other. You asked them now, hey, you want to do a walk to Golface today with your husband or wife? I'm joking about that. But you know what? The question is this, are you walking with Jesus daily? But thanks be to God who delivered me from sin and death, restored to me the joy of my salvation. You know, there are two types of people. There are those who let their circumstances like COVID-19, fear and panic and anxiety influence their enthusiasm. And there are those who let their enthusiasm you know, born in the presence of God, influence their circumstances. And they build up their faith all around them. They build the faith of their friends as well. You know, sometimes people ask me, how do you keep your passion, pastor? You're on the front lines. How do you keep your passion all the time? I don't. I can't. I can only come under the shower of God's word. And when he, when he speaks to me, when he ministers to me, you know, I, I, sometimes I'm under attack. You know, in my mind, in my mood, my wife will tell you a big amen for that. Sometimes my mood can be different. So what do I do? 
I go back to that moment in my school days and I think about where I was. I think about who he is and then I think about what he did for me on the cross. But thanks be to God who delivered me from sin and death to Jesus Christ our Lord. And then I just go back and do what I did at the beginning. Whether I feel like it or not, I spend time with him and I let his words strengthen me. I repent of my sins. I rebuild my passion. I encourage myself in the things that I'm discouraged in and I worship him for who he is. I'm doing this all for him. And you know what? He loves when we come to his glorious presence. I want you to know that since Jesus lives in your life and in mine, there is a light that is shining in us that can never be taken away from any darkness in our world today. Jesus lives in you and no darkness can put his light out. I hope that we will be a church full of people ready to let the presence of God penetrate the darkness of this world. See, fire on the inside affects everything and everyone on the outside. And Jesus was eaten up with passion for God. And I pray today that you will say, God, I want to be eaten up with the passion that Jesus had for you, Lord. Burn in my heart and burn in my soul today. Shall we bow our heads in prayer? Father, we thank you so much, Lord. That your word teaches us amazing things. I pray Lord that we will be a people of entheos. People who are filled with the enthusiasm of an awesome and a mighty God. Father, you were so enthusiastic to even to come and die on the cross of Calvary for us. Lord, stir our enthusiasm for you, I pray. Loving Father, we know it cannot be manufactured. It cannot be made up. It cannot be stirred on the outside. It can only be done in your awesome and glorious presence. Take us there, Lord. Take us there. May we long to be with you from a sense of delight, not a sense of duty. And while the heads are bowed and the eyes are closed, if you have lost a little bit of your enthusiasm during COVID-19, your spiritual enthusiasm, your spiritual int intimacy, would you say, God, I want it back. I want that passion back. I want that back. And as you're here, would you raise your hand right high, lift it up and say, yes, I want that for my life. God bless you. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Anyone else? Just slip up your hand and put it down. Say, yes, God bless you. Anyone else? Just say, yes, Lord. Yes, I want that for my life. Heavenly Father, bless your children because we want that passion. We want that love. We want what you have for us, Lord. Let us be enthused about the things that you are enthused about. And Lord, honor these, your people, as they make their decisions for you and bless their walk with you, I pray in Jesus' awesome name. While the heads are bowed and the eyes are closed, just want to ask anyone that does not know Jesus, you don't have a passion for Jesus. You didn't know that he could put that passion in you. You've tried to find this passion. You've tried to find this outside. It has not worked. It will never work because you can only find this passion in God. Would you say this morning, I want Jesus in my life. I want a passion to live. I want Jesus to help me to forgive me for all my past, forgive me for all my sins and start me on a new journey from today onwards. And as you're here, whether you're here in the church or online, would you raise your hand and say, yes, I want to follow Jesus for the first time. Here's my hand. I want to follow him all the way. And as you do that, may the Lord bless you. Father, bless every person who's thinking about this and has raised their hands. 
And I pray that their lives will be transformed by the power of an awesome and a wonderful and a wonderful God. Have your own way, Lord. Bring spiritual passion into their lives, I pray. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everybody said, Amen.